0: Good afternoon. I would like to welcome everyone to the Plaza Retail Rate 4th Quarter 2021 Earnings Conference Call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. Following the presentation, we will conduct a question-and-answer session. Instructions will be provided at that time for you to queue up for questions. If anyone has any difficulties hearing the conference, please press star zero for operator assistance at any time. I would like to advise everyone that this conference call is being recorded. I would now like to turn the conference over to Ms. Kim Strange, Plazas General Counsel and Secretary. Please go ahead, Ms. Strange.
1: Thank you, operator. Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for joining us on our Q4 2021 results conference call. Before we begin today, we are legally obliged to advise you that in talking about our financial and operating performance, And in responding to questions today, we may make forward-looking statements, including statements concerning Plaza's objectives and strategies to achieve them, as well as statements with respect to our plans, estimates, and intentions, or concerning anticipated future events, results, circumstances, or performance that are not historical facts. These statements are based on our current expectations and assumptions and are subject to risks and uncertainties that could cause our actual results to differ materially from the conclusions in these forward-looking statements. Additional information on the risks that could impact our actual results and the expectations and assumptions we applied in making these forward-looking statements can be found in PLAZA's most recent annual information form for the year ended December 31, 2020, and Management's discussion and analysis for the period ended December 31, 2021, which are available on our website and on CDAR at www.sedar.com. We will also refer to non-GAAP financial measures during the call today. For more information, please refer to the non-GAAP financial measures discussed and explained in Parts 1 and 8, respectively, of the MDNA for the period ending December 31, 2021. I will now turn the call over to Michael Zakuta, Plaza's President and CEO. Michael?
2: Thank you, Kim. Good afternoon. We were very pleased with our strong results for the year. We generated solid growth in our key performance measures, including FFO per unit, which is up significantly over both 2020 and pre-pandemic 2019. Our performance in 2021 was driven by the resilience of our tenants, our portfolio and our team. Plaza established itself over two decades ago by identifying and executing development and redevelopment opportunities primarily for grocery, pharmacy, and essential needs anchored open-air projects in primary, secondary, and tertiary markets throughout Eastern Canada. Plaza's strategy of being diversified across a wide geography includes having a dominant presence in secondary and tertiary markets. Although our properties performed particularly well over the last year, our pursuit of assets in these markets was not born during the COVID-19 pandemic. We have long been a forward-thinking developer that sees the value in these markets and recognize there's still untapped potential. Plaza knows these markets well and has an established track record of securing dominant locations for retailers. Plaza has and will continue to capitalize on opportunities to develop assets in primary markets when they arise. However, our focus on investing in strong secondary and tertiary markets has served Plaza well and we believe it will continue to do so in the future. PLAZA is seeing more opportunities than ever across Eastern Canada. We have the capital, infrastructure, experience, team, and vision necessary to realize on these opportunities. We are observing growing interest from investors for essential needs, value, and convenience assets such as ours. Capitalization rates for these assets are compressing, and we will continue to see further write-ups in our IFRS values as transaction data establishes lower cap rates for our assets. These value increases, combined with our development program, will lead to a continued per unit growth in our NAV. As a result of our strategy, we have irreplaceable assets leased to strong covenant retailers in a combination of primary, secondary, and tertiary markets. These assets have long been underappreciated. It has taken an unprecedented pandemic to start to highlight their value. We are very optimistic about our future for a number of reasons. First, leasing activity for our developments, redevelopments, and existing centers is strong, especially with essential needs and value retailers, as well as quick service restaurants. Year-to-date, we have leased over 1.342 million square feet, 1,047,000 square feet for renewals, 180,000 square feet for new projects and 115,000 square feet for backfilling a vacant space. Second, our current development and redevelopment projects are progressing well. You can see a sampling in our Q4 presentation that is now posted on our website. Third, our development pipeline has grown largely due to new demand from our core retailers and the availability of opportunities. Fourth, the attrition of weaker retailers and the resulting decrease in occupancy that we experienced in 2020, early 2021, is largely complete. Our committed occupancy now exceeds pre-pandemic levels. Fifth, we continue to finance our projects and refinance our existing properties at historically low long-term interest rates. Finally, we are being opportunistic as we sell non-core assets at robust prices and invest the sales proceeds into much higher yielding new projects. There's a lot of positive momentum for our business. We're looking forward to an exciting 2022 and beyond. I'll turn the call over to Jim Drake, Plaza CFO. Jim, you're on.
3: Thank you, Michael. Our operating environment has continued to improve and we are effectively at levels equal to or exceeding pre-pandemic. Occupancy, annual same asset NOI, FFO and AFFO per unit and payout ratios have all improved versus pre-pandemic levels. Overall occupancy, sorry, overall committed occupancy is up 80 bips versus last year, now at 96.5%. Same asset NOI is up 1.2, 1.2% over the prior year. Annual FFO and AFFO per unit, which benefited from growth from same assets and developments, Lease buyouts, lowered admin expenses and finance costs were up 21% and 15%, respectively, over last year. And our annual payout ratios have improved significantly as well, at 65% of FFO and 77% of AFFO. Our rent collection remains high, at over 99% for the entire year, and we took a small bad debt provision of just over 100,000 during Q4. Liquidity at year end totaled $65 million, including cash, operating line, and unused development and construction facilities. We also have $21 million of unencumbered assets. For long-term debt, we placed $74 million of mortgages during the year, at a weighted average interest rate of 3%. We have $38 million of long-term mortgages maturing in 2022, with a weighted average rate of approximately 4%. Of these mortgages, we already have six million committed with closing shortly, and 18 million relate to freestanding pharmacies. The loan to value on these mortgages is also below 40%. So we are very confident we will be able to refinance these mortgages at very attractive rates. We have six million unsecured debenture maturing at the end of this month, and we will renew approximately three million of this issue for five years, on the same terms. Under our development program, we continue to advance a number of projects. And during the year, we completed a few expansions and pads, as well as phase one of Hogan Court, a grocery anchored development in Halifax. In Q4, we closed on two new projects in Quebec, a grocery anchored strip in Drummondville, where we will lease up space and expand the building, and a new ground up development in Chicoutimi with significant pre-leasing in place. On asset sales, we generated net proceeds of $13 million for the year from sales of non-core QSRs and excess land. And subsequent to year end, we sold an additional non-core QSR for proceeds of $2 million. We are seeing very strong demand for our small non-core assets at very attractive pricing, and in certain cases, reflecting a higher and better our capital recycling program remains a very efficient source of equity, allowing us to reinvest the proceeds in new projects, which are generally grocery anchored strips and very healthy spreads over the hurdle rates on the sales. Finally, on fair value, we recorded a $30 million gain on investment properties during the quarter as a result of cap rate compression and appraisals obtained. Our weighted average cap rate is now 6.9%, which we believe remains conservative. And as Michael mentioned, with increased interest in assets such as ours, we expect further fair value write-ups in the coming quarters. Those are the key points relating to our results for the quarter and the year. We will now open the lines for any questions. Operator.
0: Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we will now begin the question and answer session. Should you have a question, please press star followed by one on your touch tone phone. You will hear a three-tone prompt acknowledging your request, and your questions will be pulled in the order they are received. Should you wish to decline from the polling process, please press star followed by two. And if you're using a speakerphone, please lift your handset before pressing any keys. Your first question comes from Jenny Ma with BMO Capital Markets. Please go ahead.
4: Thanks, and good afternoon. Um good afternoon, Jenny. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Jenny. Congrats on a strong quarter and a strong year. Um, I wanted to dig into the portfolio. You mentioned some of the freestanding drugstore assets. Uh, I'm just wondering if you could remind us how much of your portfolio you would classify um, as purely triple net.
5: Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime's secure credit card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at chime.com slash build. That's chime.com slash build. Chime feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com slash disclosures for details. Save big on brunch for mom.
0: All in the Kroger app.
3: Uh, most of the leases are triple net. If you're, if you're referring specifically to freestanding uh, pharmacies, I don't have the number in front of me, but it'd be 50 or 60 freestanding pharmacies.
4: Okay. And what about the um, the rest of the portfolio? Was that more characteristic of a typical strip center then on, on the leases?
3: Yeah, absolutely. And the leases are, even in a strip center, they're still triple net in the vast majority of cases.
4: Okay, would you be able to put a percentage of your portfolio uh, like is it more than 90% or more than half some, you know, give us a, a, a range of where, where it stands. Uh, it's
2: over 90% I would think. Yeah, absolutely.
4: Yeah. Okay, perfect. Okay, that's helpful. Um, and uh you mentioned a lot about cap rate compression in uh, your asset types, and, and looking at some potential opportunities in primary markets uh, as they come up. But um, maybe if you could, you know, could you talk to us about whether or not you've seen uh, a change in the spread between cap rates on primary market assets versus the secondary tertiary market assets that um, that Plaza specializes in? Like, has there always been a specific gap, or? Do you find that with the uh, increased interest in this asset type that that spread is starting to close in?
2: I, I think the spreads, first of all, have followed downward. The, the primary market spreads, are they a little tighter today? Maybe, because there's so, so little available. Um, but I think you've seen it You know, in all, in all the market sizes. You've seen cap rate compression, and you've probably seen a little tightening between a tertiary and secondary market and, and a primary market, but, it, but it's, hard to, it's hard to make that, uh, that calculation.
4: Okay. Do you see more interest in the secondary and tertiary market assets because of the, the, the high demand for primary and maybe some investors are still looking for a little bit of a, a higher yield?
2: Yeah, I think, I think that's a fair statement. I think uh, there is greater interest as long as you have the right uh, tenancy, uh, the right product, and, um, and a strong location. I think okay. that's the point that we're that we're trying to make that we do have some very very strong locations. Just because you're in a secondary, I call a strong secondary market, uh, it, it, you know, it's very hard to put sites together and and make financial sense of uh, you know of, of a deal. Uh, you know, land can be expensive. Uh, you know, in, in the order of what you might see in, in a primary market, um, and and very often, you know, we're, we're given a mandate. Uh, to go out and find a site, it's a lot more challenging than a lot of people would believe.
4: Okay, that's fair. Um, and then my last question before I turn it back is, I, I look at the geographic distribution, and, and Western Canada has never been a big focus for Plaza. I think it's always been at a low single digits, but now we're kind of at that you know, one-ish percent mark. I'm just wondering how you think about those assets that are out there. Um, are, you, are you happy to keep them as is, or does it make more sense to... Um, cleanly focus on Eastern and Atlantic Canada.
2: So, so we're very very focused on our, on our geography of Ontario all the way through Newfoundland. And if you recall over the years when we acquired Key Reed, we acquired a number of Western Canadian assets and we progressively uh, disposed of those, those assets. A lot of them were, um, were QS, KFC QSRs. Um, there were some small strips that we didn't feel that we were well placed. To operate uh, effectively, and what we have left with in Western Canada are three freestanding Shoppers Drug Mart's, and that tip to us is very, very core. Um, I think we have 75 or 76 Shoppers Drug Mart's, and
6: mm-hmm. and
2: um, we're you know we're not we're not in the business of selling that type of asset, so we've we've kept them.
4: And okay, they're very so. Good locations. Yeah. Okay, I assume they're not terribly management intensive.
2: No, no, there's no, there's no management.
4: Okay, um, I mean, if, if cap rates continue to compress, is there at a point, where, is there a point where you might consider selling those ones? I know we're talking small potatoes here. I'm just wondering when you look at a portfolio focus, is, you know, is this something that that you you wouldn't mind disposing of, or you want to keep a you know a bit of a presence, and perhaps it's an area you could continue to grow in um, down the road?
2: Yeah. <clears throat> well, again. Our, our strategy has always been to keep these types of assets because we know because we've developed so many of them, we know mm-hmm. how hard it is to put together. And once you have it, um, you know, they're very, very good. It's very, very good real estate. Um, so I don't think that, that we would be a seller of those assets. We certainly have not considered that um, to date. And, and, we've, and we've always, you know, looked at, at Western Canada, looked at opportunities but never felt comfortable. And then we sort of also look at the opportunities that we have, whether it's cross Atlantic Canada, Quebec or Ontario, we say, why should we go into a, an area in which we don't have, have expertise uh, when we, can, we have lots of growth opportunities within the geography that we have a lot of strength and a lot of market knowledge. So that, that's, that's, that's been the, the strategy to date.
4: Okay, great. Well, that's good color. Thank you very much. I'll turn it back.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, as a reminder, if you do have any questions, please press star one. Your next question comes from Samaya Syed with CIBC. Please go ahead.
6: Thanks and good afternoon. Good afternoon.
0: Um,
6: uh, Michael, as you're uh, acquiring and uh, sourcing land and redeveloping properties and looking at the supply side, is it a Continuation of activity that was sort of on pause during the pandemic, or from your viewpoint, has the size of the opportunity actually expanded as a result of the pandemic?
2: I think there are more opportunities as a result of the pandemic. So the recent deals that that we've that we've acquired are all deals that would have originated during the pandemic. I think that you know whatever we were we were running running with before the pandemic you know we did we closed on we did our thing and and now we're definitely seeing uh more opportunities across a very wide geography uh for the types of deals that we what we wish to do Uh, is it because of the pandemic probably to a certain extent it's also probably about a shift in focus for a lot of uh, large landlords um, you know, who are very, very, very focused on on urban style properties. I think that benefits us. Also, yeah, the, you know, the the volatility of retail um, certainly has probably driven some people out of the market, and therefore creating more opportunity for us.
6: Okay, so there are net new opportunities. Great.
2: Net, net, definitely net new opportunities. Yes.
6: Okay, and then I just wanted to ask about um, the two replacement government support programs, um, the tourism-related and the hardest-hit business recovery. I'm just wondering what's the participation like there, if it's a similar group of tenants from the previous programs, um, or if it's different, or just a smaller number there, any color there?
2: There's, um, I, I don't, we don't see through the, um, the government support programs anymore. If you recall early on, the things were the, the government support programs were run through the landlord. Now they're they're done directly between government and the tenant. So you know we do have some communication with some tenants saying I'm waiting on my government funding, but it's been pretty much a, not, not 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 an important part of the business over the last few few quarters. You've definitely seen a serious rebound. You know I was looking at at sales figures. though, so, for you know, so twelve months running to end of January, and there's definitely been a significant improvement in many, many areas, even some of the areas that were uh, that were hit hard uh, by the pandemic o- over the last year. So I, I don't, we don't have a have a strong field. Jim. I don't know if you have anything, any other uh, insight.
3: I think you've covered it, Michael. But I would agree that participation is probably much lower than it was in the more widespread programs that uh, preceded these programs. Um, and given that we're not seeing any real impact on our tenants either, you know, we're not seeing increased bankruptcies, we're not seeing uh, increased AR. So that's a, that's a great sign and, and plays into Michael's comment on tenant sales.
6: Okay, sounds good. And uh, just the last question from me is on um, g and I guess, costs for... A bit lower due to the pandemic. So just uh, wondering for 22 and 23, how to think about modeling GNA, and does it revert back closer to the I guess nine million a year level?
2: No, I mean maybe I'll let mm-hmm. Jim comment, but I don't think it's going to go back up. I think we uh, the pandemic has has changed um, uh, changed things. You know, we did an early retirement uh, uh, program, which um, led to to savings. We're definitely, you know, doing less travel for business. There will be an increase in in G&A for sure, um, but it won't be anywhere near the levels um, that we would have seen pre-pandemic. Jim, I don't know if you have anything to yeah, add. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Oh, absolutely agreed. Um, 2021 is really sort of a normalized year. We'll see a little bit additional travel, um, but the dollar amount is going to be nominal.
6: Okay, great. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Your next question comes from Jim Wilson with CIBD. Please go ahead.
2: Hi, Mike. Hi, Jim. Hey, Kim and and Jim. Um, my Thank question you. was, my question was in regards to the costs of uh, development. Um, all we hear about is how costs are rising. In construction materials and so on, and are your returns going to be the same uh, because of these rising costs, are you, or are you able to pass that on in rents to the uh, to the tenants? Yeah, you know, it's very, very much a deal specific. So we've had some bad surprises, we've had some good surprises on on costs, and and I've said this many times, you know. We do work over a very large geography and it's really interesting to see how costs for a similar product can vary. So it depends how hungry you know, some of the contractors are, we're, we're clearly budgeting much higher numbers and we're getting better rent. Um, so you know, re- returns are, are decent, I don't think that they're... Are they weakened a little bit, maybe, uh, it depends on, on, on the final outcome. But, we, but we've definitely, uh, you know, had discussions with some of our key retailers, and we say, guys, you, you got to pay more, and they say we understand. And you, you are seeing some higher rent because of higher costs. Um, so and maybe
3: I'll just add, um, maybe there was a bit, a bit of pr- bit of pressure on the unlevered return, uh, yeah. but we, uh, as, as I mentioned, we're borrowing money at extremely low rates. We wouldn't have underwrote a project two years ago with a three percent interest rate, so our levered returns uh, have been pretty stable.
2: Yeah, and that's and I, I, yeah. That's ultimately what, what, what we're looking at is you know is our levered return success. Okay. Um, the 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 last question would be in regards to you're speaking about lots of opportunities coming out of the pandemic. Uh, quite a few enclosed malls are suffering and. Probably lots of empty space. Do you envision ever taking a plunge into that and uh, taking advantage of some of the the distress that's in the the closed mall area? You know, I think I've said this previously on these calls. I think that's a domain for private uh, equity and not a public reit. And when I say that, I mean operating. Uh, an enclosed mall as an enclosed mall. So we're we're always looking and we're pursuing opportunities to acquire an enclosed mall, but transform it or simplify it into an open air center. That's that to us is is very good business, and you know, we're chasing that. We're always chasing that. And but but you know the majority of malls would not fit would not fit for our strategy of making that transformation. There are still a number then that shouldn't be enclosed malls. They should be strips, and that's the kind of product we want to buy. But are we going to go and buy malls and operate fashion malls? Um, I don't think that's where we we want to be. Um, that's not yeah, it's not our core business. Um, and I think it's it's highly volatile. Um, and I'd rather stick to the you know to our our solid essential needs open air center business. Um, that's rock solid and. Um, will leave the, the enclosed mall volatility to others. Thanks, guys.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, as a final reminder, if you do have a question, press star one. Your next question comes from Alex Leon with Desjardins. Please go ahead.
3: Hi, good afternoon. Good afternoon. I've got uh, good
6: afternoon.
3: one question here on the um, cost recovery clauses. So the MDNA and a discloses um, cost recovery clauses linked to CPI. So I'm just wondering if there are any caps to those recoveries. And if so, if that would be expected to be a, head, a headwind in 22 with uh, CPI running at these elevated levels.
2: If, if there are any caps, they're not material. There, there might be two or th- out, of, out of our, I don't know, 1,000 plus leases, there may be one or two but that's generally not how how it's structured.
3: Okay, great. That's it for me.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
3: Thank you.
0: There are no further questions at this time. Please proceed.
2: Thank you, operator.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes your conference call for today. We thank you for participating and ask that you please disconnect your lines. Have a great day.